I want to tell you a tale of a woman who couldn't sleep anymore. You see, her husband was often away at sea with his fleet of ships, and during one of these long journeys, she betrayed him by falling in love with another. Every night she would wait in secret at the bottom of her mother's garden, watching through the leaves, listening for the sonorous sound of her lover's footsteps. On one such night. She stood waiting anxiously, for he was late. At last, she heard the latch being lifted. But just as she ran to meet him, two men bundled her lover into a dark corner and ripped daggers through the flesh she adored. Not wanting to bring shame on her family, she scrubbed his blood from the cold garden stones and buried his body beneath a pear tree. The next day, the sun shone on as usual. But the beautiful girl hid in the shade of the tree, never shutting her eyes. Nights fell and mornings came, and there she stayed until one evening she heard the singing voices of men coming over the plain from the bodegas of Hereth. At the front of the merry, handsome band was a dear head she would have recognised anywhere, and on seeing it, she let out the loudest scream. It stirred up the winds that caught in the sails of her husband's ship and caused his journey to be shortened by weeks. As he docked, she ran to the harbour, screaming to heaven for mercy, and, falling on her knees, begged her husband's forgiveness. Lifting her pale, weeping face, he smoothed her thick brown hair and kissed her chastely on the brow. As he gave her permission. To enter a convent. That night, she washed the dirt from her body and lay down on a shining bed, falling asleep as her eyes closed. But she never, ever dreamt again. She's Alejandra, finally. Okay. She met Alejandra, and she's going to be with us while you can sell the manuscript because um, you can do it if you don't have special permission. So she, she's going to be with us. So she's given us permission well, and the security. Yeah, yeah. right. Which is that, yes, eh? This is a very special document, and they are going to take it all out of the safe or something, de la camera, y que cuando se lo traigan, when they get it, she is going to bring it here for us to have to a look at it. To the Cervantes reading room. To the Cervantes Reader Room. Quite amazing. Yeah. Extraordinary. <laughs> so, La Hija del Sol's poetry. La Hija del there. Sol is locked in a camera. <laughs> She's locked. Shush. Sleep, child. Sleep. Sleep, my soul.
It was still almost warm on the day I was born. In that city, far, far away from my father's people. The 5th of December, 1746. I was reluctant, I am told. My mother, heaving, screaming for a day, forcing me out of the dark cave I had come to know so well. I was her first child and her last. And while I lay in the blood and tissue of her exhausted flesh, my father smiled. As a child, his eyes had gazed on wet Dungarvan soil, and his soul had turned inward onto pearl grey skies. Later he would tell how I was born with the sun in my eyes, amid the salt and limestone of a different land. My little one, my beauty. You are so warm and clever and radiant, Maria Gertrudis Hore. Just like the sun, daughter of the sun. I sneaked myself inside those words and that's what I became, La Hija del Sol. I think this is her. And the casilla was sus amigas, must be this sí. one, sure. And the chance, all that. It's wonderful. Me encanta, a mí no tenía ni idea de esto, pero... Here, yeah, you have, there you have. Doña María Trudes Hoare, llamada la hija del sol, religiosa en el convento de la purísima Concepción de Cádiz. Would you, would you like to write this down for your records? I leave Professor Rodriguez in the dusty rooms of the National Library in Madrid and catch the fast train to Cadiz, down to the sea. There I'll meet Marie José, my guide. It's my first time in Andalusia, but not in Spain. A yellow, hot, dusty land that fills me up with its sparse, elegant beauty. A glimpse, a dream, a spirit, chasing a little tale from a local Waterford paper taking the same route she travelled back to provincial life and husband. El Puerto Santa Maria, near Cadiz, a town of steep, moorish buildings, where warm winds from Africa will wrap my body as old ghosts are summoned. Both my parents came from the southeast of Ireland, Beloved child of strangers, exiled with their memories, I was caught between two worlds. A changeling, a duende. Spain filled my blood and I yearned to throw my white arms around its umber skin. Yet my heart beat a different pace and my rhythm did not fit. Myself and Mary Jose are sitting on this little woodeny boat on the river Gualete. And the sun is shining on the river. And it's just about nine o'clock and it's going to go across the bay because Puerto Santa Maria is east of Cadiz. So we're going to go on the boat across the bay and we're going to go into Cadiz by sea the way people would have always entered it. This river would have been full of boats coming in from the Americas and leaving all the time. Bye. 
When I was young, on the beach near the sea, I would stare at the nape of Gerada's neck. She was my best friend. And as the water lapped her toes, oh, how she would yelp and lift her heavy black curls over her shoulders. As we grew, fine, tiny tendrils travelled along her tawny skin, her eyes brown, her fingernails pink, snuggled tightly in her light brown hands. Her large hips moved slowly, languorously. She was wonderfully female. I, by contrast, was brown and blue and white. What a strange combination of colours, I would always think. Light brown hair, a faint pale down on the back of my neck and arms, white face, blue eyes, oh yes, my exotic blue eyes, large and very deep. The sky of Cadiz, the rock pools of the Costa de la Luz, the cloak of the Blessed Virgin, a stranger amid these people, brown and cream like cocoa or coffee or milk and toffee. It's bright mid-morning in Cádiz. Mary Jose and I have reached the Hospital de Mujeres. We're with the assistant bishop, or vicar general as he's known, and also his friend, a local historian. This used to be a hospital for women, and they're letting us into the chapel that is kept locked nowadays. We're looking for the vault of Lorenzo Ley, La Hija del Sol's grandfather. He came out to Cádiz from Kilkenny in the early 1700s and made his name and fortune here. Lorenzo Ley! Lorenzo Ley! <laughs> so this is her grandfather's uh, family vault. <laughs> yeah. Suerte, look. We have looked. Right, that's pretty good. He, he heard of La Hija del Sol. Really? He's, yeah. a, he's a historian. Yeah, um, he's a historian and he knows all about Cadiz. And he heard of her and all about um, her works and everything. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, he was a little bit doubtful about the reasons why she entered the convent. Really? Yeah. Did he say women at the time did that or he, he didn't? Uh, oh, yeah, he, sa he said that that was normal. And it depended on the women, you know. I mean, we can nearly guess why, though, in a way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wonder what happened, because for a long time, she sort of accepted being married to him. He was away for a long time, so she didn't have to she see him much. She was very young. Yeah, but she never saw him much. He was away. She was up in Madrid. But I think she, ha she had to put up with him for a long time, because uh, she married when she was 19, and then she decided to leave him she when was she was... 36, 36, you know, too many years of um, slavery. Being a cultivated woman, that's very important, because most of the women at the, uh, of the time were illiterate. She belonged to the upper class of uh, Cadiz. Uh, and many, many Irish, Irish merchants lived here during the 17th and the 18th century. And 
it is very important that, that she, uh, her grandfather built a chapel in Hospital de Mujeres. You know, that's, um, that well, gives you an, an idea of her social position. And in a, in a chapel where a Greco is, you know, that's a luxury. Esteban had grey eyes. How I would wish for the wind to whip up his ship's great sails and carry him over the edge of the world. I would climb up through the attic to the steps of the minaret. Senor Fleming's ship should dock soon, the guard would tell me, as we stared silently towards the Guadalete where the ships came in. I watched the other women gazing from their minarets nearby, the moon shining on all our faces. Wonderful, I would smile, my nails digging deeper in my white lady's hands. Don't be there. Die. Drown. Find a beautiful, soft woman for yourself. Please, just don't be on the ship. I wondered at all the other minaret women. Did they feel as I... Did their hearts grow cold with dread as they waited? Good, solid, wealthy ladies of El Puerto Santa Maria. They had swapped fathers for husbands and loved their children. No. Their shouted prayers at the sight of their husbands' sails answered my question. And there were some I've always envied. Their beautiful, smooth, singing flesh, each time sweetly growing older as their husbands' ships came in, laughing and clasping each other thankfully as the sea turned them once again to each other after a distance of half the world. At these times, Esteban would come home to me, and our large, Beautiful, empty house, no children there. He would blink those grey eyes, watching me nervously but knowing I was his. Certain of that. And his thin, white, slack body would revere me as always, as always I hated my father spoke kindly. You will be among friends. You can still continue your scribbles. You can travel to the parties of Madrid if that's what you want. My father spoke gently. Maria, he is a rich man and one of our own. He is kind, hard-working and adores you. What more can you want? My father spoke proudly. You will have a fine house, riches, children, everything you could want. The name of our family, my grandfather, the tightly knit web of the immigrant traders. My father spoke softly. This is how life falls, Maria. You will accept the match. Mm. 
I looked at Gerada as we danced through the wedding party. Dance! My silk and orange blossom. Turn! She too would be married. Smile! Her husband a vine grower near Jerez. Nod! Why? Why did we merchants stay together? Turn! Why did we marry one another? Laugh! Doubling our strangeness. Poor Esteban, turning pink and hot under the sun. He recoiled from the land and the heat darkening the rooms of our house. He fussed about the flies, closed his ears to the music. His soul was filled with dark, wet earth, low grey sky, silences. you were saying before, this is the Palacios, the... This Casa is the Casa Palacio or Don Esteban Fleming. Uh -huh. We are in the patio at the moment. He lived here with Maria Gertrudis or Y Esteban Fleming se casó con Maria Gertrudis Morn. Hor, Se casaron en Cádiz. Es Don Esteban Fleming and Doña Maria Gertrudis or okay, Ilay, mm -hmm. uh, got, yeah, yeah. got married in Cadiz on the 15th of August, 1762. So it was I sat beneath the pear tree of our garden, only a little thing at the time, it gave me no shade, but there I sat all the same. Mírala distraída, vagando el pensamiento. Grasping the poems more frantically than ever. Ya, en el adorno bello del traje y del cabello. Those whispers. Ya, en darle al cuerpo airoso movimiento. The things they told me. Porque entre sus iguales no encuentra, no, su mérito o rivales.
Fleming's parents. And they came to live here. Vinieron a vivir aquí. Y Esteban Fleming, que se llamaba Esteban Mateo Fleming. Ah, Esteban Fleming, whose real name was Esteban Matthew or Esteban Mateo Fleming. Nació en el puerto. Was born in el puerto de Santa María on the 26th of December, 1735. That's quite incredible. So he was only 26 and she was 19. And she still didn't like him. Dice que a pesar de todo que no le gustaba él mucho. Because she had lots of lovers. Porque tuvo muchos amantes y demás. Y aparte, and he he was away all the time. Yeah, he was trading. Do they know? Do they find out anything about his trade? Or we know he's still in the Americas. Dice que si habéis averiguado algo sobre el tipo de comercio. Lo que ellos se dedicarían al comercio con América. He dedicated to the trade with America. Y con América normalmente se comerciaba con, con paño, con vino, Clothes, aguardiente, wine, aceite, olivo oil. Yeah. ¿Eh? Mm -hmm. Eso es lo que normalmente comerciaban con América. Y, y lo que se sabe que ya eran comerciantes con, con América, como eran lo que aquí se le denomina cargadores a India. Mm -hmm. He was a cargador de Indias. An Indian carrier. Yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah. And would that mean that he was away on long on long journeys, how long were these travels? Dice que, que cuánto duraban normalmente los viajes. No lo sabéis, más o menos. No, pero eran viajes de meses. Months. months. Claro. Yeah, months yeah. months. So she would be alone in this house. I did try to be a good wife, as much as I could, or knew. But I began to fret under my pear tree. My summer nights became torture. When I played with the earth from boredom and began eating flowers, Esteban saw how a trip to the capital might help. So, with my father's carriage and my husband's encouragement, Gerada and I rode over the Sierra Moreno towards Madrid. Esteban returned to sea, absence, different directions. Thus we set the course of our married life. Then, when I was twenty-two, my father died and I, his sole heir, became a woman of consequence. Amid the dances of Madrid, I thrilled to games of power, wit and passion. En el gran tumulto que aquí se presenta, los días se huyen, las noches se vuelan, la música dulce, la danza ligera, la cómica farsa, la triste tragedia. I was a beauty, an artist, the daughter of the sun, even in Madrid. I was the most sought after of them all. Faster and faster I whirled, scribbling, dancing, moving from man to man. I often forgot I was married. Shocked. I would receive a letter. Please come home, it would say. Home? I knew no such word. But I went back to El Puerto Santa Maria. I was a wife after all. Sensibles afectos ya olvidan, ya acuerdan, agitando activas pasiones diversas. Apenas la pluma al papel se entrega cuando la retiran distracciones nuevas. I would run back to Madrid as soon as I could, the blood bursting in my veins, my cheeks wild, wanting to dance on the world. And yet, 
And yet my pace was out of step, and through the swish of silk I knew, I knew. Just when I thought I had tasted it all, an angel of a man appeared before me. Madrid offered up the captain. His fleet docked in Cadiz for an entire summer, and so I stayed in my mother's summer house near the bay. He filled me up with the scent of the sea, Carlos de las Navas. He would dive from rocks to catch me, Carl. The cruelty. Was it that he got bored of me? I, I don't think so. He just drifted away. I could have done many things, couldn't I? My old life, the madness, the dancing. What had charmed me once might have charmed me again, even against my will. I packed his gifts in an old chest. Books, bracelets, coral, a turban, masks, dead flowers. And I stroked that box. My beautiful brown lover, like stroking your skin, oh, why hadn't I locked you away? An arm, a leg, oh, for the curl of a huge seashell to disappear. No dejas más laureles. Don't offer any more laurels a ese enemigo sexo to the enemy sex que solo nuestra ruina who in our ruin fabrica sus trofeos make their trophies But this is wonderful just have a look at it just with that if you wish and just have a look at her body you know from here to there so I'll try to find her name here in this index. Okay. For that second so beautiful. Beautiful handwriting. So this is when she would have been 36 and she went into the convent and she started writing this. I find very interesting this lady. What things do you find so interesting about her? I do mm -hmm. find interesting. Well, her life. How he, she ended up in a convent because she didn't know what to do with her life, I suppose. Do you think that happened a lot with women? At that, that time, yes, I do, I do think. Yeah. And especially with women of, of these uh, sort of families, just conventional, bourgeois families, families with money, they just marry between themselves to increase their fortune or whatever. So she kind I'm, of I'm sure she was unhappy, she had a lot of lovers, then she had this terrible tragedy, as you mentioned. And then she decided just to retire. Give up on it all. Yeah. Give up the good fight. Sure. And dedicate herself to her poetry. Yeah. And meditation and loneliness. All this. Ave Adorada Maria del Carmen Hermoso Lirio. 
ruégalnos libre de males a Jesús, tu dulce Hijo. Flor hermosa del Carmelo, pide para los mortales el remedio de sus males y al fin gozarte en el cielo. Very sad poetry, There's a lot of pain there, isn't there? Mm. Like, what sort of feeling do you get from that, of, of how she was? Well, she talks about sacrificing, um, well, just rejecting the word of something, and, um, and she was blinded by the, the, the shine or whatever, and enchanted by the shine of the world, but she was um, engañada, betrayed by it. And that's in Cadiz, 2676. Across the bay, past tall ships, I float over the walls of Cadiz back to where I was born. No replies. My white arms that men love hang limply by my sides. They whispered to me, arms white as snow in a field of sunflowers, he said. Can we go to the cloistered <coughs> monastery or something? La hermana Gertrudis. Pero claro, en la archivo, este señor yo creo, porque este me parece que el que ha escrito. During the civil war in 1936, the archive was burnt by the republicans, and so there's nothing left. And she heard of the sister Gertrudis, who was uh, uh, the daughter of the son, and she was here in the convent in the 18th century. She's going to give us a book. I weave in and out without my beautiful clothes without my carriage I've become invisible my hair scraped back my pale face scrubbed I delight in my immunity to my charms to their admiration, their envy. Uh, there is a vault with the name of Maria Gertrudis uh, inside the convent. There is um, a grave. She has her own grave. Yeah. And where is it? Is it a garden? In yeah, in the garden in the convent. Está dentro del jardín del convento. La, la, the, yeah, inside the enclosed area. I am 36 years old and my brightness has tarnished. That is why this evening, as my beloved sun sets over the bay, 
I walk up this hill towards the convent. If they had the husband's permission, yeah, the, you know, they could do it, no problem. And why do you think a woman would do that in those, um, years, in those years, when if she was still, if she was married? Uh -huh, uh -huh. She was unfaithful. She knows the legend of Fernán Caballero, the Fernán Caballero's description. She was with a lover, and her lover was killed in a garden, and you know she felt so frustrated and sad that they decided to give up, you know, the life she was living. So she decided to enter the convent, and she could do it with the husband's permission, you know, no problem. But that's what she heard inside the convent, because an old nun told her, and you know, uh, somebody told the old nun, and it um, is like a legend. Would she think that the conversion was genuine, or did that happen? Lots of women at the time. Oh, she was an excellent mm -hmm. religious uh, nun. Yeah, very good one. And could yeah. she explain like the difference from her her old life to her new life? There was such a change. Does she know how someone could change so much? Un cambio así se puede dar en una persona, es normal. Pues sí, ¿no? sí, sí se puede dar, sí. Mira, yeah, no that's possible. De, There are many, you, you know, like saint women who had a very bad life, and like Santa Margarita de Cordona, who, you know, lived a luxurious life and had many problems in her personal life, and then She changed her life completely when she became a nun. Una señora de la alta sociedad en el pasado, ¿usted cree que al entrar el My search has come to an end. I leave the convent in Cádiz and make my way home to this damp, wet land that Maria Gertrudis Hoare never saw. She was a very intelligent woman and very humble and a very good religious nun. You know, she no problems in the relationship with her. She wasn't considered a nun inside the order, just a hermana, you know, a sister. No pueden salir del convento? Del convento salimos cosas muy como es cuando un médico, ¿verdad? Ah, they go to the doctor. Vamos, son cosas muy precisas. Yeah, they go to in special locations, but they can leave the convent to go to the doctor, to go to the hospital, to the funeral of a relative, etc. And would it have been the same in the time of Leija del Sol? Y usted, y en el siglo... Life was very austere, and um, she's sure that she wasn't allowed to leave the convent at all. I want to be a fish in waters with sun shining on my scales. 
and the flash of its brilliance watched from a boat by a brown-eyed man who'll dive in to catch me. Or I wish I was a giant so I could stride to his ship and blow it into deep, deep waters. Or a beast and he the earth so I could eat. Or a leaf and he the rain that could soothe me. Or an olive stone, so I could be crushed 